If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Mark chapter 5. We will uh, briefly look at Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. Jesus' legion transformation. That will lead us directly into taking of the Lord's Supper together. So um, let's read this passage. It's a rather long one, but it's a rather intricate story. If you'll recall last week where we were that Jesus is teaching the disciples on the side of the sea, and he's teaching them about the kingdom of God being like a mustard seed and like this incredible outcropping of the Spirit of God. And then all of a sudden he says, let's push across and go across the sea. You remember what happened last week that a great storm broke up and there was this crazy storm and Jesus said, peace be still. And all of a sudden the waters were completely stilled. And here they are finding themselves coming to the other side of the sea after this storm has just come about. So let's read together. Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. They came to the other side of the sea to the country of the Grassines. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tomb a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he, was wrenched the ch- but he would wrench the chains apart, and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night uh, and day among the tombs and on the mountains, um, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran down and fell before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? And he replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. And now a a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. And they begged him, saying, Send us to the pigs, let us enter them. So he gave them permission. And the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs, and the herd, numbering 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and were drowned into the sea. The herdsmen fled and told it to the city and into the country. And the people came to see what had happened. And they came, and it was uh, Jesus, and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had had the legion sitting there, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened in the demon-possessed man and to the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him uh, that he might go with him. And he did not permit him, but said, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him and everyone marveled. Let's pray together and ask the Lord's help. Dear Lord, help us now. Lord, we need your help, your guidance uh, to lead us through this passage to not just be more information that we tuck away in our minds, but that it would transform and change us so that we can be different as we leave. Lord, we love you and we thank you for Jesus and his wonderful name that we pray. Amen. The first thing that you see on your outline is that Jesus meets legion. Jesus meets legion. So you recall that the disciples have just experienced the storm being completely subdued. There's calm breaking out on the sea. They've come from church. They've entered the storm, and they've come out of the storm. They're afraid not what's outside the boat, but what's right inside the boat, right? We went through all that last week. And you would think for a moment that Jesus would give these guys a break, right? 
Disciples, you've just experienced amazing teaching. You've walked through a great storm, and here we are. Let's take a break from the crazy, and let's just relax for a little bit, right? You would be wrong, right? Immediately as they get to the shore, they're approached by a man coming from a tomb who is out of his mind. He's possessed by demons, and he's coming up to them. And this man has not just got a few demons, right? His name is Legion because he's got a lot of demons, and so Jesus meets this man named Legion, and Legion is going to get his but God moment, right? Jesus is going to get, or Legion is going to get his but God moment because Jesus is going to intersect a man who is living amongst the tombs and going to make him alive. Sounds like a memory verse, doesn't it? A man living amongst tombs, having life outside of it, but inside is dead, right? He's been ostracized from his community, ostracized from all the people, so much so that the townspeople have tried to shackle him in chains and nothing is working. He wrenches the chains together. In other gospels, you see that they put a guard out front of him, probably because he's bad for the country business, as this uh, man, demon-possessed, coming outside, uh, disrupting travelers and people. So the townspeople are trying to shackle this man and have taken him and he's living amongst the tombs as if he's a dead man, got nothing to offer, has lost everything. And here as he meets Jesus, he's intersecting his but God moment. This is good because you and I have had our but God moments as well if you're in the Lord, right? Where you are dead in your sin and trespasses, but Jesus made you alive together with Christ. Legions is very obvious, as we're going to look through, that Jesus is going to intercept Legion, meet him, and then make him alive. So let's go to number two, that Jesus heals Legion. As you see, Jesus talked to this man that the demons come through Legion and come and fall down before Jesus, and they cry out with a loud voice, what are you going to do with us, Jesus, son of the most high? Now, you'll remember that as we've read through the book of Mark, the, the demons so far have had the clearest understanding of who Jesus is. They've clearly understood Jesus to be the son of the most high God, but here they're not falling down in worship. They're using this naming mechanism to try to subdue Jesus. They're saying, what are you going to do with us? Would I adjure you, essentially saying, Jesus, swear by God that you will not torment us. And so Jesus says, come out of this man and sends them into the pigs. Now, do the pigs just run around and begin grazing from amongst the fields and having a good time and everything's well with the pigs? Now, you know as well as I do, the pigs, immediately as the demons enter the pigs, they jump off the cliff and drown. Jesus, in this moment, was demonstrating what the demonic possession of this man was doing to him, what demons and what the enemy is trying to do is steal, kill, and destroy the obvious nature of the demons entering the pigs, going off the cliff, destruction over the pigs, an obvious sign of what the spiritual forces of the enemy are trying to do in this world to steal, kill, and destroy. A reminder again that what is the enemy sweeping across this place, across our culture, want to do to all people but steal, kill, and destroy. Destroy marriages, destroy family, destroy homes, destroy you through addictions and circumstances. The enemy always comes to, to destroy the calling of God in your life and my life. And here you see it very tangibly in what the demons do to these pigs. That's what they've been trying to do this, to this man. 
to leave him outcast, to leave him in the tombs as destroyed and as dead. The demons are always to steal, kill, and destroy. We see the very nature of the enemy here clearly displayed. But I also want you to see as these demons come to Jesus, running down and falling down before him, they beg Jesus not to send them out of the country, not to send them into the abyss, not to destroy them. The demons understand clearly who is the authority here, do they not? Now, I could rehash again, week after week after week after week after week, you are clearly seeing Mark trying to show us who is in authority here. Jesus' authority over the word, authority over death, authority over disease. And again and again and again, Jesus is an authority here. That all the other things that the people have tried to do to shackle him, to chain him, to put him in the tombs, to set cards, nothing is working here. But Jesus is the authority. They didn't conjure up some spells, that he didn't do something, but by the power of his word saying, come out of this man, the demons fled, and he gave them permission to go into the pigs. Friends, again, I can say it over and over, that Jesus is our authority. God's word should be our authority. At this point, in Mark chapter 5, we're not seeing the reality of Jesus being an authority in your life, that Jesus is your leader in your life. I don't know what's going to break through. That Jesus is not just another God that the people would put in the Decapolis. This guy is different than everything else that's ever walked on the face of the planet. And so you see, number three, the people are afraid. Jesus here is going to send legion. See, the herdsmen hear what's going on, that the, the pigs have been drowned into the sea, and the herdsmen, they fled and told it in the city, and the people came running to see what had happened. And they see the demon-possessed man who had been running around naked, had been chaining, uh, unchaining himself, had been just speaking out of his mind, sitting in his right mind, clothed before Jesus. Can you imagine what they're thinking at this moment? They maybe have heard stories and heard of all these things, but all they know is there are 2,000 pigs who have died jumping over a cliff. There's a demon-possessed man who's sitting in his right mind, clothed right before Jesus. And so they're afraid, terrified to the point that they beg Jesus and say, get out, right? They say, Jesus, you got to get out of here. But look for this moment. That is, that is the... Townspeople call Jesus to get out. There's one who begs Jesus to go. As he was getting into the boat, the man with the, had been possessed by the demons begged him that he might be with him, and he did not permit him, but said, Go to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. For the first time, we see Jesus come into a Gentile community, and Jesus sends Legion back out to be a witness and share what God has done for him. Usually Jesus has said, don't tell, this is not my time, my messianic identity has not come yet, but Jesus here says, Legion, go back and share. Be a witness, that you are a witness to your community that has just sent me away. See, there's nobody better to be a witness to the people than Legion was. And in this moment, I want to remind you of your one, the one person that the Lord has put on your heart that you are to be a witness to. 
here at Legion is not called to share all that had happened and say, I don't understand. I don't have the nuts and bolts of what's happened to me in my heart. I don't understand how Jesus did it. All he knows is that he went from a demon possession to being fully alive in Christ. Friends, can I give you a little bit of weight off your shoulders that you're not called to have all the answers? You're not called to know everything. You're not called to know every answer that ever could be said. You're simply called to be a witness of the Lord's leadership in your life, what he has done and how he has transformed you. Many weeks ago, as I shared about my favorite barbecue restaurant and how I am a big proponent and I'm a big witness to testify to the goodness of that barbecue. Do you know that I have no clue what kind of seasonings? I don't know how they cook that stuff. I have no idea all the nuts and bolts of how that barbecue goes from being what it was and onto the plate with all the seasonings and the cook time. I have no idea. But do you know that I can testify to that barbecue? Because it changes my life when I put that stuff in my mouth. Oh, it's good. But I don't know all the answers. I don't have all the answers. I can testify to the goodness of the barbecue in the same way. You don't have to have all the answers of everything the Lord's ever done. You don't have to have all the answers. You are simply a transformed life that can say, I can testify to all that the Lord has done. In the same way, Legion is being sent. Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Friends, that's essentially the same charge that we've been given to this day. To go home to your friends and to your family, to your job sites, and tell them of the goodness of the Lord in your life, what he has done for you, what he has brought you from, how he has taken you from death to life, your but God moment. Friends, we have the same charge as this demon-possessed man, that we have our but God moment in our lives. I want to share just for a moment to take a a rabbit trail because I I think this is important. In this passage, you see three times in which Jesus is begged. You see, the first time the demons come to Jesus and beg, saying, Jesus, would you please, we're begging you, don't torment us, take us and let us go into the pigs. And what did Jesus say? He gave them permission to go into the pigs. A second time, the townspeople come to Jesus and beg, saying, Jesus, would you leave our city? you got to get out of here. And what did Jesus do? He said yes, and he left. And here a third time, Legion, who had had this incredible transformation, comes to Jesus and begs, saying, Jesus, I want to go with you. All that you have done, I want to go with you. I want to be with you. And what did Jesus say? He said no. Twice you have Jesus saying yes to the demons and yes to the townspeople, giving them permission to go and do and leaving. But here, Legion, this man who's been transformed, got to know. I can tell you there are times in which we pray and we petition and we beg the Lord for different things. And there are times when he does not give us a yes, but gives us a no. And at times that can be frustrating. Can you imagine Legion wanting to go with Jesus? Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to go. You have transformed my life. Let me go with you. And Jesus saying no to him ends up being the best thing that could happen for this Gentile community, for Legion to stay and share and tell all that he had done and for people to marvel at the Lord's work through Legion. Can I tell you that some of the best answers that the Lord has given me have been no. Can I tell you it's hard. And at times it's painful to hear the Lord say, no. I'm going to tell you there's, there's great benefit as we trust the Lord's leadership in our life. That at times when he does not give us a yes, get in the boat, go with us, or say, 
no, you need to stay behind, or no, you don't need that at this time, or no, this is not for you. You see it clear here that as the people begged, Legion had a bigger purpose and a bigger plan to follow the Lord, and it started with a no. But here you see Legion's command is also ours, go and tell. Go and tell in two things, how much the Lord has done in his great mercy. Go and tell how much the Lord has done in his great mercy. Friends, which would lead us beautifully into this time of communion. Legion understood that he had this but God moment in his life, that he was dead in his sins and trespasses, if not but, for the blood of Jesus. If he would not put his trust in Jesus, he had no hope. But Jesus intersected his story, essentially his funeral march. Jesus intersected and made him alive. See, as we take these elements, we're reminded that we were dead in our sins and our trespasses, but for God. He has made us alive. So in this moment, I'll ask if you'll just peel back that top layer and take that little piece of bread out. We're reminded from 1 Corinthians chapter 11 what Paul commanded, for the, I received from the Lord that what also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever, therefore, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Verse 28, let a person examine himself then. And so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who drinks, eat or drinks without discerning the body, eats or drinks judgment on himself. So we take these moments in which, in just a moment, joy will play a, a song. And that's not just a, a moment to fill on the schedule. That's a moment that we give to hold this little wafer of bread in your hand and say, Lord, thank you. To reflect and remember the Lord's goodness, a remembrance of all that he has done, a remembering hit your but God moment in your life, a moment just to stop and say thank you, to examine your heart, but also to give thanks. And to say thank you, Lord, for the goodness of who you are. So as joy plays now, would you take this moment in the quietness of uh, the pew that you're sitting in just to reflect, remember, and give thanks.
Well, friends, as we come to the time to take this bread, it's a reminder of the Lord's body that was broken for you, broken on the cross to pave the way to take your sins as far as the east is from the west. It's a reminder of his love and his care over you, that he would endure the cross, despising its shame, out of love for his people. So on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And they took the bread. And you peel back that little piece of foil, it's another opportunity for us to Reflect, examine our hearts, and give thanks. As I normally say, as I, as I look at this thimble of juice, there's often a part of me as I hear this song that I think, you're right, Lord, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy, that, worthy to take this. There's nothing good in me that says today I've come here with goodness in my heart that I should take this cup because I'm worthy of it. But it always flips, and as a reminder, it's the very purpose of this cup that none of us are worthy, none of us are good enough to take this cup, none of us have done enough good things or are not done enough bad things so that we can say, yes, Lord, I'm ready. I'm good enough or I finally figured it out, so I'm good enough to take this cup. This is a reminder that we desperately need his body and blood to cover us of all of our sins. And so as Kenny comes to play, let this moment be a time for you to reflect and examine your heart, but also point you to the always present reminder of God's love and care over you that he paid for all of your sins, not just the small or the big ones, but all of them have been taken away as far as the east is from the west. So take this moment to reflect. Consider all the worlds thy hands hath made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul. My Savior God to be How great thou art How great thou art Then sings my soul My Savior God to be How great thou art How not sparing sent him to die I scarce can take it in that on that cross my burden gladly bearing 
take this cup as we're struck when I think that God has son not sparing sent him to die I scarce can take it in that on the cross my burden gladly bearing he bled and died to take away my sin on the night that Jesus was betrayed he took the cup after supper saying this is my new covenant my blood do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And they took the cup. 